So verse 43, and we're going to read uh, all the way to 45. It says, when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert seeking rest, but finding none. Now, I want to point out that um, that's not far here in Arizona. <laughs> that's just, they go out the door, look around. Uh, where can I go? You know, they're in the desert already. Okay. And then uh, if you remember, we also talked about Christians can't have demons. <laughs> and I know it's still like, ah, oh, it's crazy. But remember, it's different than demons having Christians. We are property of the kingdom of heaven. We belong to God. We are his children. Nothing can separate us from God or his love. Nothing. Okay. But you can't invite someone in and give them legal right to be there. And I can't reteach everything that I did, but please go back and listen. Don't shut me down. If you're like, I'm out of here. Christians can't have demons. Well, you know, there's a difference between demons having you and you having demons. And there's different levels of influence, you know, and it could be thoughts and it could be pain. It could be sickness. And, and then we could have the, you know, the gathering, you know, who was fully controlled by demons. And that's not the one we see very often. It's a rare one, but they are out there. Okay. And so, anyway, so verse uh, 43, when evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert seeking rest but finding none. Then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds its former home empty, swept, and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other friends, I mean spirits, more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. That will be the experience of this evil generation. And so what happens is, um, you know, that's why I told you we don't do deliverance on people that don't want to have Jesus in their life. That's why th this, this can't happen to us believers because we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We're filling up with the Word of God. But it's very important that we do fill in the gaps and the places and the, and the strongholds that we're taking down. Okay, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And so if you, if you encounter a person that, you know, wants to be free, you got to make sure they want Jesus in their life. Because if they don't want Jesus in their life and like, oh, I'm set free, it's going to last only a few minutes or a few days before it comes back worse. Because we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're the house of God. So when we say, hey, no more, you have no authority, leave me then what are we filling that up with? With God. That's why it's okay and it's good for us believers. Are you with me? Okay. And so if we go, um, let, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 3. Okay. Oh, look at this. It says, we're human, but we don't wage war as humans do. Verse 4. It says, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Number 5. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture the rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Okay? So here's the thing about... Uh, stronghold. So we, we talked about the three 
three different things, right? And, and one of those was, um, yes, uh, an evil spirit can manifest in sickness or in pain, okay? And if that's what it is, then we speak to it, just like Jesus did, to the spirit of infirmity, you know, and it has to leave. And the pain leaves many times, you know, that, because that's where it was rooted. It was a spiritual attack. You know, sometimes you, you could be praying for someone who, um, who is sick and uh, maybe to some of the prayer ministers or prayer people, you know, you, you would have noticed that, you know, they had a headache and when you were praying, uh, the pain moved to the shoulder. And then you pray for the shoulder and it moved to the leg. Well, that's a spirit of infirmity. That's a spiritual one. That's not like anything physical. That's a sp an evil spirit that is... Um, putting pain and sickness on someone, so that pain is moving around, you know, and so you need to take authority over that spirit of infirmity, you know, and it has to go in the name of Jesus. Um, but then we also talked about strongholds, and strongholds is these, you know, if you could picture Rapunzel's tower, okay, and each brick is thoughts of the same kind that are building and protecting a lie that is inside, And so it could be the lie that you're not worthy, okay? And so maybe when you were little, you heard that and it just stuck with you. And then all through your life, you've seen evidence that the devil presents to you to prove to you that you're really not worthy. So what happened is you've built brick by brick, thought by thought, and lie by lie, a tower of protection around a spirit that has been speaking to you for decades saying, you are not worthy, And so you come to church and you hear, hey, you're worthy. And you go, hey, that's amazing. But nothing happens because that stronghold hasn't been addressed yet. And so that's why the Bible tells us we need to take down strongholds and take them to the obedience of Christ. So that means that I need to recognize, hey, this idea that I'm not worthy, it's a lie. I've been believing a lie my whole life. This is a lie. I am worthy. I'm good enough. The Bible tells me so. And so what is that? That's a revelation. And then there's a confession, right? Devil, you've been lying to me. You've been telling me I'm not worthy. I've been sabotaging myself all my life because I deep down believed I wasn't worthy. Even when people are like telling me nice things, I still believe I'm not worthy. So that's a confession, right? And then you have repentance. And how do you repent? You say, Lord, forgive me for partnering with the enemy's voice that I am not worthy. Because you tell me that I'm worthy. I'm so worthy. You sent your only begotten son to die on the cross for me. That's how worthy I am. And that's repentance. And you're turning to the Father and you're choosing now to believe what he says. So, so that spirit, he's been caught. Right? He's been exposed. Truth sets you free. But here's what you need to do now. And this is what I'm talking about when we say aftercare. When we say building now a godly stronghold that replaces the old stronghold. And is that I now need to build up a stronghold on the word of God that tells me who I am in him. How worthy I am. How loved I am. Right? And I need to do the thought and the brick stronghold again every day, renewing my mind, like it tells me in Romans 12, right? 
renewing my mind, because that's producing a transformation that nobody ever could possibly talk me out of believing that I am worthy. You know what I mean? You, you build such a stronghold about your worthiness in the Lord that somebody could come, spit on you, tell you you're the worst in the world, that you deserve nothing, and yet it didn't affect you because you're firmly planted in the word of God. See, I have a stronghold about tithing and giving. There is no power on earth that could ever talk me out of giving 20% of all my income to the Lord. Nothing. You're like, wait, 20%? Yeah, that's, tithes is 10%. And my offering that I purposed in my heart with my wife is another 10%. And nobody could ever talk me out of doing that. I have a stronghold built on the word, word of God that tells me this is how your finances are planted in the kingdom of heaven and this is how you prosper and this is the reason you've increased your whole life. There's a stronghold. You cannot talk me out of it. You can't talk me out of giving. You can't talk me out of praising. You can't talk me out of... You see, we have these strongholds that are godly strongholds that we're, we're, we've built our life around on the word of God. And it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter what, what they say. It doesn't matter, you know, anything. You can't talk me out of it. Are you following what I'm saying? See? Nobody could ever talk me out of believing that God loves me and that I'm his favorite. Not even if I have a bad day. He still loves me. And I'm still his favorite. Thank you. See? It's the same for you. And so, when we displace a lie, when we bring down a stronghold, when we get set free, you know, from demonic influence and voice in our life, when they're exposed, we need to now replace them with the truth of the word of God and build a stronghold about it. Because then the enemy can't come back with seven friends to make it worse. See, then the enemy can't keep coming through that door. Whatever the Lord sets you free from, you must build a godly stronghold of the opposite spirit, right? And so, for example, uh, if you had a stronghold of pride and self-promotion, then you need to build a stronghold of humility. If you had a stronghold of self-hate, then you need to build a godly stronghold of self-acceptance and love. If you had an ungodly stronghold of rejection, then you need to build one of acceptance. If you had a stronghold of lust and greed, you need to build one of contentment. If you had one of hate, you need to build one of love. If you had fear, then you have to build one of trust. If you had depression, you need to build one of joy. And if you had one of anxiety, then of peace. And if you had one of bitterness, of compassion. If you had rage, self-control. If you had rebellion, submission. You know, whatever strongholds the Lord is setting you free from, you need to build a stronghold of the opposite spirit. Amen? We don't just leave it blank. We replace it. Colossians 3.2 tells us, Think about or set your mind on the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. 
Philippians 4, 8, and 9 says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace. Peace is what brings chaos into order. Peace is what... Um, uh, what brings um, healing where there is sickness, peace is what uh, brings um, ease where there's disease. And so the God of peace is going to be with us. Isaiah tells us the same thing. Um, I think it's, okay, I'll tell you in a moment. But, and Isaiah tells us, um, whose, um, he guards in perfect peace whose mind is set on him, whose thoughts are set on him. I think it's Isaiah 6.3. Anyways, you can look it up. But what it's telling us is that our thoughts, right, and what we think on is the building blocks to the strongholds. Okay? It's not a brick and mortar thing. It's not something you buy. It's, not, it's something you think on. Okay? So as I'm thinking on... I am worthy. He loves me. He gave his son for me. He has made me a co-heir with Christ Jesus. He sings and dances around me. He loves me so much. Nothing could separate me from his love. As you think and dwell on these things, these thoughts are blocks that are building that godly stronghold that is replacing the old stronghold. Very simple, right? You with me? Okay. And so... That is part of uh, one of the tools that I want to give you today. And so uh, if you go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 with me, it says that for the word of God is alive and powerful. Say with me, alive and powerful. Okay. The word of God is alive and powerful. It's not like any other book. This book, when you read from it, miracles happen. The supernatural takes place. Eternity is in this book. This book doesn't contain God, but it reveals God. That's how you get to know God. And so it says, the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. You know that the word of God is offensive? It's very offensive. You know, sometimes all I got to do is read from it and people get all ruffled, you know. The word of God is offensive because Jesus didn't come to be friendly. He came to set us free. He came to, you know, establish his kingdom. He came to give us an example. Now, I'm not saying he wasn't kind. Absolutely. He was amazing, kind and loving and and, 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 but, but the word of God is offensive. Truth offends those who hate truth. Right? You'd be sitting there and, you know, you're living in sin. You know, and the Bible says, like, hey, that's sin. It's not saying, you know, there's no hope for you. It's just saying what you're doing is wrong. It's self-destructing. It's hurtful for you. It's offensive. That's why some people can't handle the truth, the word of God. They, they just can't handle it. 
Like, they're trying to defend too much, too many strongholds inside. Too many voices going, ah, don't listen to that. You know, sometimes people have poverty strongholds. And so you read the Bible and it goes, he, do you want me to go there or no? He became poor that you might be made rich. And they go, ah, no, 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 you know. Because there's a poverty stronghold. And the demonic influence in that stronghold is going, no, 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 you need to be poor. Poor is better. Poor is humble. Jesus was poor, right? And he's screaming like crazy. And and you're going, I don't know, I'm confused. And then you think they're your thoughts, so then you get offended. You know, we could, call, we could make a conference and, and, and call it, you know, uh, I don't know, abundant life and people come. But you call it God wants you rich and three people show up. <laughs> I mean, it just, the Bible, when you read the Bible, you know, it offends you and it exposes the beliefs of the heart. That's why it's so good. And that's what it means when it says here, you know, that it cuts between soul and spirit. It cuts between soul and spirit. You know what's the difference? The spirit is the, is, is the perfect God part inside of us. And the soul is the part that is being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so it divides and it goes, yeah, this is all you, all flesh, all wrong. <laughs> this is God. So, so that's why we need the Word of God because it divides correctly and it shows and it exposes things in our heart. And you go, oh man, I need to read that again. I need to read it in the Hebrew and in every language possible. You know, <laughs> give me the message translation, please. And it says, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and it exposes our innermost. Thoughts and desires. See, some people think that the sword, the sword of the word of God, is to hit other people in the head with it. And that, yeah, right? You're thinking of somebody, I know, right? You're like, yeah, here we go. Bam, take this. Bam, take that. Let me tell you something. The sword of the spirit is to go in here. Right here. It's for you. It's not to be whacking people over the head. It's for you. And it exposes the innermost thoughts and desires. It's going to expose you. So read it for yourself. It's better. It's better for you to go, oh, I can't believe I've been doing or living this way or believing this way my whole life is better for you to do that at home in your morning devotional than at church on Sunday, you know, like, (gasps) first Timothy chapter three, verse 16 says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. See, who likes, who likes to have other people tell you everything that's wrong with you? Yeah. Nobody? Funny, religion thinks that's the way to go. And so religion, you know, is always telling people what's wrong with them. When what we're actually supposed to do is read the Bible for ourselves because the Bible is going to tell us. 
You know, when it says that God, you know, that he disciplines those that he loves, he does, but not with sickness, not with making you get fired, not with making your air conditioning go out in the middle of summer. That's not how God disciplines his people. He disciplines his people when his children are reading the word and they're allowing the word to go deep into their hearts and it goes, you see, and you go, oh, whoa, thank you. That's discipline of the Lord. It happens in our heart and it happens with so much love and so much grace. Isn't he good? It says it teaches us what is true. And to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. That is so powerful. Just read the word. It says it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses us to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. That is so amazing. That is so good. God is so amazing. Um, And so after... We finish service and we finish praying. You know, it is your job to do aftercare, to become part of a small group, to get prayer, to go in your morning time with the Lord and meditating in the Word and saying, Lord, what is what are the truths that you want to speak to me to continue building godly strongholds to replace the things that we've taken down the 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 lies of the enemy the things that we've exposed the things that you've set me free from I want now stay free from are you with me and so if we could pull up our website you know one of the tools that we have here um, and obviously you can do it any other way any any way you want but we worked on this tool uh, a long time ago if you go to our website vitachurchaz.com and you go to media um when you scroll down, yes, there's all the YouTube stuff, but right here under PDFs, it says lies, God's word, and his truth. Now, this document has been on our website and on our app for years, and uh, Nick and Michelle Castellano did this, uh, and it's very extensive. So if you click on that, you'll have a, a, a document opened up, and you'll see on yellow, there's lies, common lies, like I don't deserve great things. Then there will be a scripture you know, and then there will be a declaration in red. And so you can really go through all of this in circle and be like, okay, this one I'm building. This one I'm building on. This one, oh, I'm weird. Okay, Romans 12, you know, Psalm 139, 14. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. And then you can declare, I am unique and I was fearfully and wonderfully made. No one else in the world is like me because I was created for a unique purpose and I am the way I am for that purpose. I am so loved by God for my uniqueness. Isn't this powerful? It's amazing. And so you can also do um, control F and you can search for keywords and stuff if, uh, you know, if you're uh, looking for something specific. So, so thank you guys. You know, that literally we made that years ago and uh, we've had it on our website, on our app. You can also find it on the app. If you have the church app, you just go under resources and uh, resources English and then lies God's word and his truth. And this will just help you um, build godly strongholds. And I cannot emphasize enough you know, we can't just, I, I mean, sometimes we're spiritually lazy. I say we are spiritually lazy, okay? And uh, we want the one prayer done, 
but we don't like that. Do I have to do that every day? Do I have to? Well, honey, for 20 years, you have been doing the opposite. So you should be grateful that God's mercies are new every morning and his grace is infinite and he empowers you that in maybe about 21 days you'll be set free from something you believe for 20.